What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Mara B. And we want to welcome you to the very first episode of Conversate With Us Radio. Before we get started, let's hear a few words from our sponsors. He's at Tell people about yourself. You are the founder and owner of your best you clinic in Tampa, Florida. Tell people about your background and how you started your practice. Thank you again. Well, my name is Dr. Shanae Davis. I am a nurse practitioner, PhD, advanced practice nurse, and certified diabetes care um, expert. I have been in business um, on my own for about six years. However, I have been a a diabetes-focused nurse practitioner for more than 20. Um, Your Best You is a full-service primary care practice, but we have an intense focus on diabetes management. That means use of sensors, insulin pumps, multiple daily injections, including some of the newer injections that are non-insulin in the way they work. Um, We uh, service um, both insured and uninsured um, patients. Um, We do cash pay, all of those things, um, because diabetes is an epidemic. There are lots of people who care. What we do uh, that's different in our office than in a typical um, primary care office is that we sit back and teach, which is very important when you have diabetes or chronic disease. There's no cure for chronic disease, so you know how you need to know how to manage um, your diabetes, your hypertension, your obesity, things that really do have uh, no cure, you need to be able to manage it um, at home so that every visit to your care provider is a visit that takes you closer and closer to your goals of health. You can live with diabetes. You can live with your heart issues. Um, You can live with obesity and with goals towards um, managing and obesity reduction 
but um, it doesn't have to be burden. You can approach that with your healthcare provider, um, mutually um, goal set, and success is absolutely possible in all of these things. So a question that I have, a lot of people talk about how sugar, I'm used to call it the sugar, how diabetes just runs in families. The question is, is diabetes something that is hereditary, type 2 diabetes, something that you is how you are raised to eat the food that you intake, and is that what that what causes diabetes and what causes it to be so rampant? Well, um, that's a multi-layered question. I'll take bits at a time. Um, I love to hear of that, and it's uh, strangely one of the first myths that I like to debunk: um, diabetes, sugar, um, sugar to the body is like gas to a car. You have no gas in the car, car doesn't run. Um, every carbohydrate that you consume is broken down to the simplest carbohydrate called glucose. And you may reference glucose as sugar because it kind of is. We refer to sugar, um, but we may think of table sugar or high fructose corn syrup. But actually, everything on an ingredients label that ends in OSE breaks down the glucose, or could technically be considered um, sugar. That's fructose, glucose, lactose, maltose, any kind of O's. All of those break down to the simplest O's or carbohydrate um, in the body as a glucose, and that's the only way that the body uses glucose um, or carbohydrate. Diabetes is not a sugar issue at all. It is actually an insulin deficiency issue. And in care, in my clinic, that's how we start. We start by changing that mindset. So yes, you can have sugar. Yes, you can have carbohydrates. But what we want to do is just take in enough to match what our body can do to manage it. Diabetes is an insulin deficiency issue. Insulin comes from your pancreas. Your pancreas is your insulin maker. Not all of the pancreas, but certain cells in the pancreas. And you can't make your pancreas work or not work. It happens automatically. When you don't have diabetes, you can eat what you want to eat. You may get sick. You may, get, you may gain weight. But your sugar won't be out of control. You're, you can't eat yourself diabetic. Your pancreas works to keep the blood sugar under wraps when it works at 100%. At that moment, when you start to see higher blood sugar, it's a symptom of diabetes. High blood sugar is not diabetes. It's a symptom of diabetes. It's an indicator that the pancreas isn't making enough insulin to keep the blood sugar under control. So that's one. It's not a sugar problem. It's an insulin deficiency problem. The next thing you asked, you asked if it's hereditary or does it just come about because you eat yourself diabetic? You can't eat yourself diabetic because, again, the pancreas works on demand. Blood sugar goes up, insulin comes out. If the blood sugar's up and it stays up, that's evidence that the pancreas can't make enough insulin to keep the blood sugar in a safe range. It does have diabetes. It does have hereditary origins. Um, however, you don't have to help out the risk by um, increasing your weight, keeping your blood pressure under control, keeping blood cholesterol um, under control because those things contribute to the risk factors. Um, you asked then about the way we eat. Well, <laughs> um, 
it's, you know, culture is um, a, a special thing. Um, in the South, I'm, I'm in Tampa, Florida right now, but I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Um, around the stroke belt, which really goes from like Louisiana up to the Carolinas, people really don't eat that much differently. So we sort of see the same prevalence of diabetes in blacks and in whites um, that have similar phenotypes, like waistline, have high blood pressure, that have high cholesterol, get gout, um, that have you know issues getting um, um, pregnant, uh, have nine pound babies. You know, you start to see this uh, over age 45 and actually younger when those characteristics um, are posed in um, that 25 to 35 range. So it's one of the risk factors, heredity, but it does not mean that you will have diabetes, but the risk is increased when there is a family history. I think I answered all of that. You sure did. You sure did. So a couple questions I have. There's this thing, you know, I was saying that um, my answer to say is like you can't be a little pregnant. You're pregnant or you're not. But I heard that you could be a little diabetic. We talk about pre-diabetes versus diabetes. So if you're a pre-diabetic, can you reverse the reverse your track on being diabetic by changing your health, how you how you eat, how you, you know, manage your blood pressure and other things that you talked about? Can you talk about pre-diabetes? Absolutely. Um, like I said, diabetes is an epidemic, and every couple of years we get new statistics that come out on the CDC um, diabetes fact sheet. And currently, more than 37 million Americans have diabetes. And about a third of that total, sorry, a quarter of that total is unaware of their diagnosis. About 90 to 95% of the people with diabetes have type 2 diabetes. And though there's about maybe 13% of America that's uh, African-American, more than 14% of people with diabetes are African-American. So that certainly is a, a risk factor um, there. Um, you asked about pre-diabetes. Um, pre-diabetes is like being a little bit pregnant. So I love to say that, and I'm glad that you brought up um, um, that comparison. So again, diabetes is not a sugar problem. It's an insulin deficiency issue. So if blood sugar goes up, that's a symptom of diabetes. Insulin itself comes from the beta cells in your pancreas, a part of um, the pancreas. So if your blood sugar is higher than normal, that's evidence that the pancreas is not performing at 100%. Pre-diabetes means that your blood sugar has gone up, but not high enough to meet the threshold diagnosis. Okay, pre-diabetes means that the blood sugar has gone up, but not high enough to meet threshold or criteria to check the box and say you have diabetes. Now, why should we be concerned about that? <clears throat> Glad you asked. Um, people don't die of diabetes. They die of diabetes complications. And most of those complications are centered around adverse cardiovascular outcomes. That means heart attacks, strokes, and peripheral vascular disease, or poor circulations, or gangrenous um, issues, or clots in the legs, etc. things um, like that. So um, in that pre-diabetic phase, that's actually when you're, we see lots of that. Sometimes people go to the hospital um, because of heart attacks, strokes, etc., etc., and they find that their blood sugar is a little bit high or they'll go for open heart surgery or some kind of 
cardiovascular repair um, issue, and they'll end up on insulin in the hospital, but not when they go uh, home. And people wonder about that. I'm not that. Why am I using insulin? Well, the body's under stress. You have to take medicines that quote unquote push your sugar up. Those things don't make you diabetic. It's just revealing that it was already there. That means that the conditions uh, create uh, blockages uh, along those insulin receptors where the pancreas just isn't powerful enough to do the job. In prediabetes, we like to uh, prevent that threshold from being met by reducing the body's need for insulin. In other words, we try and match the body's need for insulin with what the pancreas can output, the output of the pancreas. Kind of like budgeting. If you spend beyond your means, then, you know, the bills get unpaid, your mortgage doesn't get paid, or your car gets repossessed or whatever. So you start to live within your means to balance, you know, what you do with, with, with your pocketbook. Um, that's how we manage diabetes. You ask, could it be reversed? Well, the numbers will look better if your need for insulin matched your capacity to put out. Um, the numbers, again, just reflect the, your body's ability to manage. So in that sense, can it be reversed? Your place on the continuum can be improved, meaning not going forward, the diabetes care continuum. So in that sense, um, yes, does it change what your pancreas um, capacity, you know, is not really. Okay. So from your perspective, dealing with patients every day, are you seeing an improvement in awareness and how we are handling our bodies and how we are treating ourselves? Um, I'd have to say that my practice is an, so yes, um, in the community that I serve and I hope so, um, across the nation. I can say that um, our awareness, you know, has increased what kind of outcomes have um, resulted from that. You know, it varies um, per community and it also varies um, by access to care, access to diabetes education, um, and access to the newer um, medications. Um, the newer medications um, actually do a great deal to lower the risk of complications and um, patients that have diabetes have a big improvement in their quality of life when they use them. Um, speaking from my practice, I am a provider that looks for those early risks. For example, insulin resistance, as I mentioned, 90 to 95% of people with diabetes have type 2. Um, insulin resistance is a part of type 2 diabetes. We see slight glucose elevations or sugar elevations. We see slight blood pressure um, patients, like around that 130, 85 um, range. We see higher triglyceride levels, lower good cholesterol, HDL level, and also um, waistlines in men greater than 40 inches and waistlines in women greater than 35 inches um, around the center, right around that belly button um, area. So any three of just those five criteria that I mentioned does indicate insulin um, resistance is there. So when I look at the um, objective information or the, 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 the clinical um, data, your labs, uh, 
way the patient presents, what they look like when they come, you know, in the door. I pretty much can say you're diabetic or pre-diabetic. That's cardiovascular disease right there just by looking, you know, at patients because your the outside presentation reflects what's going on um, inside of the body. And that's what I start working on. When patients um, have, you know, more energy, when they lose in um, weight, when their heart health is better, their kidney numbers um, look better, that's extremely encouraging. Providers that understand and approach um, metabolic disease, which is diabetes, heart disease, et cetera, um, when, they, when they approach um, the patient in this proactive manner, we do see a reversal. We do see activation of the patient when, when they are engaged um, to the point where they are anxious to come to the doctor. They're ready to come to the doctor. Say, look at my blood sugar numbers. Mm-hmm. Look how much weight you know I've lost. Look, I don't need this medicine. I am choosing. I had this, this much produce today. I had this many vegetables. I'm trying quinoa. Um, they get excited about, you know, their palate changing, their um, their desire to exercise and be more active, take in some sunshine and decrease their medications when such is the case. But the provider has to be um, proactive and the patient needs to know to ask um, the right questions when they go in for an office visit. So to answer your questions, my patients do phenomenal. My patients do. When I'm in the community and participating in platforms um, like this, I try and um, empower um, people to be a participating member of their healthcare engagement, not just a recipient of instruction, but go in with the expectation of some directions of living life the right way and that every visit is going to take you closer to your goal of having better blood sugars, lower cardiovascular risk, an improvement of weight and great quality of life. So let me ask you this. It's clear that you have a passion for helping people with diabetes. What what motivated you to go down this path? Well, um, I've been fortunate to be, you know, cross paths um, for the years. You know, I just pretend to be 20, but um, I've been doing this for more than 20 years, actually. But um, when I was a registered nurse um, back in the... 90s, I would always, and I worked in the hospital, I would always, you know, see patients with diabetes and they had questions about, you know, why um, is this connected to my, I have a heart attack and they say I have diabetes now, why are they giving me um, with this? Um, what happened to my toe? And if I, you know, get off insulin, you know, will my leg get better, my toe get better, could I have you know, saved my toes if I wasn't on insulin. You know, and the answer is actually probably weren't started on insulin, you know, early, you know, enough. Um, but I didn't know those connections. And I kept getting those questions because, again, it's an epidemic. It's been an epidemic. We're just screening more and finding more. Um, I couldn't answer those questions. So when I went back for my advanced degrees, um, that was like my undergraduate, my BSA. When I went for my MSN, I did <clears throat> my thesis on social support and health beliefs with an in-person who had type 2 diabetes. Um, when I got my doctoral degree, I looked at um, type 2 diabetes and, uh, and vitamin D in African-American women. Um, I had to have those questions answered. 
So it's a combination of having community inquiry, and I need to answer those questions, and the burgeoning epidemic, and I wanted to be able to answer, you know, the questions that came to me um, as a result of the greater numbers in diabetes, and also being connected to some amazing things. So, so final question: If you could give people watching this, listening, two tips, two things to start themselves on a better path, two things that you would recommend. Well, um, I'm going to give you two and a half. Okay. Um, first and foremost, know your numbers. That means know where you are on the continuum of diabetes. Do you have diabetes? Do you have pre-diabetes? Do you have the the risk factors, all the ingredients to make you pre-diabetic or diabetic or, or, or do you have diabetes? This means like, what are your triglycerides? What are your HDL numbers? What's your blood pressure? What is your blood sugar? What is your A1C? And that is the um, gold standard or hallmark as to um, how well your diabetes is managed and how close you are um, to or where you are on that continuum, how close you are to pre-diabetes or pre-close you are to meeting that threshold level of diagnosis. So first and foremost, know your numbers and your risk for diabetes. Um, the second thing I'd um, recommend is just to be screened, get tested, get you know um, some information, be nosy about um, that status. Not just knowing your numbers, but we got to know what those numbers mean. Um, we can't improve our cholesterol if we think we're doing awesome and you know, making the same decisions over and over again. I um, had a patient, um, she has diabetes and um, perfect A1C, but I couldn't get the weight off. Um, one of the um, uh, tips that I gave to her is for that last meal of the day, only have lean meat and a vegetable. Skip the starch for that last meal of the day because you're just going to bed on it. Unless you're going to run a marathon after dinner, you know, you're just going to store, you know, that, you know, that, that component of your meal. Um, Found out she was eating fried chicken and baked beans. Mm. That was, yeah, that was a meat. You know, beans grow. You know, she didn't even consider, you know, the, the sauce or the sugar. The sugar, yeah. Um, that goes into, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, the baked beans. Um, and then the, um, the batter or the crispiness on, on chicken. I don't even have enough grease in my house to fry mm. um, anything. You know, just because right, I don't right. crave things like that. But that's not something that she considered. That was, you know, the big piece of meat or the breast and then something that grows, you know, meat. So um, we worked on, you know, what is lean meat and what is a vegetable. So meeting people where, where they are and then for the people to find out, you know, actually, or to assign meaning to, you know, those numbers and to their um, risk factors, having a more... Um, productive and participatory conversation with the healthcare provider. Those are um, the two tips. Um, the last half that I want to um, throw in there is, um, you know, watch these commercials. Listen to the TV. Listen to people that are in your community of influence, your family, professionally. There's more people with diabetes and at risk for diabetes than you can take a stick at, than you can ever imagine. When you have these conversations, um, you learn things. It may not be <clears throat> advice, 
but it's something to begin a conversation. When you hear oh, 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 Ozempic on TV, and they tell you it can uh, help your blood sugar, it can help you to lose weight, it can protect your heart, you take that question to your healthcare provider and say, hey, what about this? What does this mean? Is this for me, my candidate for this medicine? I've had a, a stint placed. I've had you know trouble losing um, weight, and they tell me that I'm pre-diabetic. Can I have this? You know, have that conversation with your healthcare. When you hear things like um, Jardians or Farsiga and how it can help to help to prevent heart failure um, with you, listen and and have again take these um, names and and commercial you know tips to your healthcare provider and have that conversation. Are you a candidate for these um, medicines? If your healthcare provider uh, suggests metformin, ask your you know, your coworkers or someone in your family, what happened when you took uh, metformin? Why does this, um, why is this medicine recommended for me to help me um, slow down on the continuum or prevent uh, me from crossing that threshold, meeting the criteria to have a diabetes diagnosis? Be nosy about your risk. Be nosy about things that come on TV regarding um, health and know your numbers. Those are the, uh, Okay, okay. So tell people where they can find you. Uh, I know you're in Tampa, Florida. We got people all over the country that's watching this. Out in Florida, where can they find you? Well, your best you is located at 15511 North Florida um, Avenue, close to the um, Lutes um, line. And again, we are a full service primary care practice and we do advanced specialized um, diabetes management with sensors and insulin multiple daily injections of insulin and carbohydrate counting and sensitivity factors and non-insulin injectables as well as weight loss because these fabulous medicines have a tremendous effect on weight. So um, that's, you know, where you can physically find us. Um, you can also find us on web at ybyclinic.com and um, also on Facebook, uh, Your Best You Clinic. So, uh, I don't tweet much, but I have um, WebSU502 um, there, so you can reach out to us by any of them. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being the inaugural guest conversate with us radio. You know I am a big fan of yours, and without, I, I had any doubt, I had no doubt that you would bring the heat came to the knowledge about this epidemic that's affecting our community. Learn from this, uh, make sure you all check out Dr. Davis. Uh, follow her on social media. And uh, that's going to wrap up the first episode of Conversate With Us Radio. You can check us out on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. Conversate With Us. If you have any questions or comments on the show, leave it in the leave it in the comments section. Make sure you give it a thumbs up. Make sure you share this. Share this wonderful knowledge Dr. Davis just shared with us. Talk to you next time. Peace.